Welcome back to another episode of Oh Shoot. I am your host, Cassidy Lynn, and you are listening to my photography podcast. If this is the first episode that you're listening to, welcome. Thank you so much for being here. If you are a returning listener, I also just want to say thank you for being here. I really love just like the overwhelming support from my podcast and all the people that listen to my podcast. You guys are literally like the best people out there. You guys are so nice and send literally the nicest messages. So I just wanted to take a minute to say thank you everybody for your positivity on the podcast. I really, really appreciate it. So this episode, I am, it's kind of like a two-parter. We're kind of talking about two topics on today's episode. And normally on my episodes, I try to do like, you know, one specific topic for the whole episode. But I just kind of felt like, There are some things that I wanted to talk about that weren't quite long enough for like a full length episode. So I kind of put like those two ideas together and here we are. If you're watching on YouTube today, um, you will see that I only have one camera angle happening. That is because we are lazy and I just did not feel like putting up my other camera. So if you're watching on YouTube, that's just that. That's what's happening. You still have a good angle. It's just not like two angles, you know? So yeah, if you guys don't watch on YouTube, be sure to go check us out on YouTube. And when I say check us out, I mean, check me out because it's just me. Um, you could literally just search Oh Shoot Podcast on YouTube and this will pop up. So this episode I am pre-recording and I know like the past like three episodes have been pre-recorded because me and Charlie have had this road trip planned. And I know you guys are probably so tired of hearing about all of our road trip dilemmas, but literally there are more issues that popped up. So, um, we were supposed to leave like, I, at this point it was like five days ago, but our cars brakes broke down or like they stopped working or something. And we were not able to leave on the day we were supposed to. And so I had to go and reschedule all of my shoots. And when I say reschedule, I really just mean cancel a lot of them because a lot of the people that had confirmed with me were not available on my new dates because essentially we shifted our leaving date like a week ahead and then just shifted all of our dates one week ahead too. So I had like the same schedule as before and a lot of the people who booked with me before weren't able to make it. So that was really sad. And so that's kind of like what I was working through this past week. I was just like trying to figure out if I could still find people to shoot in the places that I wanted to because this trip for me, I think I mentioned this a couple episodes ago, but this trip is kind of like an opportunity for me to try something new and to book, I don't know, types of shoots that I've never done before and to get that experience in my portfolio. So um, yeah, I, I just was really bummed when my original plan wasn't happening. Um, you know, that's it's, it's a hard thing to deal with when something that you're expecting doesn't go as planned. But I do, I do trust and believe that it's this new plan for our trip is going to be just as good. We literally just shifted everything a week ahead. So we're still going for the same amount of time, but that is why I'm pre-recording this episode. Um, so yeah, hopefully I'm going to say hopefully, cause I don't know, but hopefully when you guys are listening to this episode, 
I am just living up my life on the road. Um, so that is the hope and the goal. Um, so yeah, this episode is pre-recorded, but once I get back from my road trip, all the episodes will be recorded. Um, you know, the week of basically as always. So we will get back to the regular recording schedule soon enough. So today's episode, we are talking about two things. Like I mentioned, the first is mistakes that you're making on social media. Um, so I wanted to talk about some mistakes that you might be making that you might not realize you're making. Um, So yeah, that's kind of the first topic for today's episode. And then the next topic, we're going to talk about random shooting tips, like things that people don't mention that I think you should know for shooting. Um, There's random things that I get asked a lot of questions about, and it's not like These aren't like big enough things for me to make like a whole reel about it, but they are like important things to know. So that's kind of like what I've compiled for today's episode. Yes. Is it a little bit random? Absolutely. But I, 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 sometimes you just have to, (laughs) sorry, I don't know why I just did that. I, I think, um, sometimes you have to just, you know, put together a random episode. It's, it's going to be a little bit different than usual, but we're still going to dive into some good content for you guys. Um, Yeah, so let's jump into the first topic, which is mistakes that you're making on social media. A lot of this stuff you've probably heard before. Um, Some of it, maybe not, but I just wanted you to hear it from me. So as you're listening to this, I really want you to like sit down and evaluate your social media and just like evaluate what you're doing. Like really look at yourself from an outside perspective when, you know, you're listening to this episode. So the first thing, the first mistake that you could be making on social media, expecting pretty photos to be enough. I am going to just let you think and let that simmer for a second. Expecting pretty photos to be enough. I have to tell you that even you could have the most beautiful photos in the world, but that is not what social media is made for. It's not made just for pretty photos. It's, it's all of those other aspects of the platform that you're on. So stories, reels, posts, captions, lives, like all of that contributes to how you do on social media and your exposure. So just having a pretty photo is not going to be enough because you need that pretty photo to be shown to the right people. So Um, if you literally just post your photos and that's actually it, like no caption, like no hashtags, like you're just posting photos that that's not going to help you grow on social media. It's not going to help your photos get in front of the right audience. So that is the first thing, the first mistake that you could be making on social media. The second mistake, and I'm sure if you're listening to this, you hear this all the time, but I, I want to reiterate this not showing your face on social media. This is huge. Like I cannot emphasize this one enough. And I know so many photographers are irritated and annoyed with the fact that social media today is all about showing your face. It's all about being a brand, but literally like that's what people want to see. That's, that's what performs well. So, I mean, you can only go so long without showing your face. Um, there is a certain extent to where you don't need to show your face, like maybe as much as I do, like you don't need to post a reel every single day with your face and your, 
your stories are just your face all the time and you're doing lives and it's just you talking and you know there's all of these different elements that you can incorporate your face into your brand but I think at the bare minimum just showing your face on your feed and maybe a couple of times on your stories throughout the week that is enough of showing your face to where I think it passes the test um so if you feel uncomfortable doing this maybe start with just posting your face to your feed a couple of times like um I would say like every six posts this is actually some another thing that just kind of like a tidbit but I recommend posting your face in your grid every six posts uh actually maybe nine I think I mean nine posts Um, I'm trying to visualize like the Instagram grid but basically the reason that you would do that is because you want within like one swipe of your Instagram grid you want one photo of you to be within that swipe so no matter where someone is on your grid or on your feed they still are able to find a picture of your face and that's really valuable especially as like someone that would be looking for a photographer if you're like swiping through people's feeds like that's a fast process like looking at photographers work and judging their work a lot of it's just going on their feed seeing how it looks swipe 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 click on a picture you know and then they make a decision about you in that moment so having your face throughout your feed is really going to help the potential client feel like they're connected with you so the next mistake that you could be making on social media is not being consistent. This is huge for all social media platforms, not just Instagram, but TikTok, Facebook, Pinterest, all of those platforms like consistency. And that's how you grow too, by trying out different types of content and seeing what performs well and critiquing your content and narrowing it down to certain you know types of content or whatever it is. All of that has to do with consistency. And if you're not being consistent with it, your audience isn't going to know what to expect from you. It's going to feel almost like, I don't know. You, do you know what I mean? Like the people that you follow and they post like one, once or twice every two months, like those type of people, you're like, I, I want to follow you because I genuinely do, but I just, is my follow worth it? Like I'm getting like no content out of you and I'm I hardly even see you on my feed. Therefore, like I hardly even remember that you're there. So like that's the reality of being consistent. The more consistent you can be, the more that someone's going to remember that you're there. They're going to remember your services and remember your page. So consistency is 100% valuable. And if you're not being consistent, start with creating like a social media plan. So start by having a goal of three feed posts a week, two reels and three stories a day and really work on like a couple of weeks, like do that same schedule and be really consistent with it. Plan out your content. If you struggle with consistency, like if you find yourself, you know, it's nine or 10 o'clock at night and you're like, man, I haven't posted like, Oh, I'll just post tomorrow. No, like you need to have those posts ready to go. So it doesn't interrupt your evening or your morning to post. It's just like, the post is ready, you paste the caption, you put the photos in and you hit post. Like that's it. And then you don't have to think about it. Maybe you reply to a few comments, but that is how easy consistency can be. It doesn't have to be anything fancy. And I think batching helps a lot with consistency. So like I just said, like having all of your posts ready to go, you do that by batching your posts. So spending a day planning your content and creating the content if it's videos or just like 
getting the content in place if it's just like posting photos. That consistency is huge for social media. Make sure that's not a mistake that you're making because you really could be hurting your potential to grow and your potential for your content to be put in front of the right audience so that you can get more bookings. Another mistake that you could be making on social media, not using relevant hashtags. <laughs> you guys need to be doing this. I I do a lot of um, social media mentor sessions and a lot of the times like I go on someone's social media, like specifically their Instagram, and it's just like they're not using hashtags. And I think that is one of the easiest things that you could do that genuinely impacts booking. Like I can say firsthand hashtags impact booking like a lot. They have gotten me many, many bookings in the past. Um, I, I genuinely believe a lot of people find me through hashtags on Instagram at this point. Um, so yeah, don't sleep on hashtags. If you are doing hashtags, make sure that they're relevant to the thing that you're posting. So like if you're posting a photo of a couple, um, I don't know, in Yosemite, make sure you're using hashtag couples photographer, hashtag Yosemite photographer, like use the things that are relevant to the photo. Don't use those generic hashtags that are like hashtag Insta photo or hashtag follow for follow. That's not going to put your photos in front of the right audience. So use the hashtags that are, that are kind of targeted towards the people that you want to book, right? Like that's, that's the point of using hashtags is getting your photos and your content in front of the people that you want to book with you. So yes, make sure you're using hashtags. Uh, that That is enough on that topic because I could talk a lot about hashtags. So the next thing that you could be making a mistake on in social media is making your content too perfect, like too perfect and polished. Right now, specifically on Instagram, this like casual aesthetic is happening. It, it's like the unfiltered, unedited, very candid feel of Instagram right now. The photo dump, like that's a really good example of this unfiltered feeling on social media right now. People want to see like this, this unedited look, right? So having overly polished and overly perfect content, it, it's not necessarily going to be a deciding factor on social media at this point. People like authenticity. Um, obviously, as photographers, we take the time to edit our photos and make them perfect. That is our job. But when it comes to like video content, your videos don't have to be perfect. Um, yeah, your stories don't have to be perfect. Even like your your Instagram feed and your grid. At this point, I don't think that like a perfectly curated feed is the vibe. I just I it, it's the vibe sometimes for photography, but I almost would rather see just like an authentic and just like I don't know, just a, a feed that doesn't feel like it's been thought through for weeks and weeks and weeks. It's just kind of like you thought about it, you know, maybe a couple of days ago and kind of like whipped together a post. I think that the caption and like that part of the content on social media is really more beneficial and it's more influential right now than the perfected photos themselves. So that's just something that I want to just want you to think about. Just really challenge yourself to focus on like authenticity rather than overthinking your social media. Um, and that's 
leads me into my next point about mistakes you could be making on social media, overthinking your posts and captions. Um, and I'm not talking like visually, but like actually overthinking your captions to the point where you have nothing to post about. I'm here to tell you right now, your captions do not have to be anything fancy. Um, captions are kind of like the reason that people stay on a post. Like obviously having a swipe through post is going to help someone stay on your post, but what really keeps people captivated is that caption. So your caption doesn't have to be necessarily focused on the photo. That's, that's a big thing. You don't have to always talk about the couple or the person that you were shooting. You can talk about other things. You can talk about what shows are you into right now? Like you can talk about your hobbies or the craziest thing that happened to you yesterday, because that's going to create connection. It's going to create authenticity. And that's what people like to see on captions. The whole like Jessica and Matthew were so perfect at their session. I'm so excited for their wedding next year. That type of caption, like we've seen it a billion times. You know, I've, I've done that caption before. Those are the types of captions that are typical for photographers. It's what's expected, right? Like, and you don't want to have captions that are expected. Like we're trying to stand out in the photography industry and in the creative industry. So let's focus on not the basic and don't like go off of this template of inserting your couple's names and saying, I'm so excited for their wedding. Like let's get away from that and just focus on not overthinking it either. Like if you have a fun story that you want to share, write about it, check through it one time, read through it, make sure that it makes sense and post it with hashtags. Like don't, don't edit the wording so much that it sounds like not you. I find myself like sometimes I read through my captions so many times and edit, you know, the punctuation and the grammar so many times that it just doesn't end up sounding like me. So if this is you or you feel like this happens to you, I would recommend just using Siri, like a voice to text type of thing and literally talking your caption out and then adding in the right periods and the right punctuation. So it actually sounds like you when you go to post. So the last mistake that you could be making on social media not creating connection within your posts. Um, and just not within your posts, but within all of your social media platforms in general, not creating a connection with your audience. Um, there is a difference between running a photography social media account and running a photography business's brand account. Like there's a difference between, you know, running the business and then creating a personal brand from the business. That's what I'm trying to say. On your social media, the connection that you are establishing between you and your audience comes from the personal brand. It doesn't come necessarily from the photography. Although you could have great photos and you could have these amazing stories, the connection is by telling the stories and creating connecting like connect-worthy images and just connectable content. So, you know, stories that are relatable or um, you know, captions that are relatable, just, or just things that people connect with, you know, at the end of the day, you want to connect with your potential audience and with your potential clients so that when they come to book you or they, you know, need wedding photos or whatever, they think of you because they've connected with, with <laughs> I can't talk, they've connected with your brand in the past. And that that's truly what I find so important about social media. Even if someone doesn't end up booking with you, Having a connection with someone on social media, it 
it helps them like want to refer you to other people in the future. Like when I think of someone that says like, oh, like I'm looking for, uh, I don't know, interior designer. Do you follow any or like, do you know of anyone who would be good at that? I, the first thing I think about is who do I follow on Instagram or who, who has made a connection with me on social media where I want to then tell my friend about this person's services. That, that's what your goal is when you're creating a connection on social media. So at the end of the day, your goal when you are putting things out on social media, when you're creating posts, you want to create connection so that at the end of the, the day, someone will go and book with you and feel like they know you and feel like they're connected with their work, with your work. Um, the last thing, and I know I said the last one was the last thing, but I genuinely think that this is the last one because I just thought of another one in my head. Um, the last mistake that you could be making on social media is not utilizing your link in your bio. This is very, very simple, but having some sort of call to action above the link in your bio is huge. Like that's what's going to keep people or not keep people, but move people from your social media onto your website, which then leads them to booking with you. So just a little tidbit of um, a tip that I really live by is just having that call to action above the link in your bio. All right, so we are going to move on to our next topic. So um, this next topic is random shooting tips. Yes, it is very, very random. All this stuff is just literally things that, like I said, aren't big enough to create like a whole reel or like a whole episode about, but just things that I kind of wish I knew. So here we go. Let's, let's get into it. Okay, so the first random shooting tip that I have for you. So this is specifically for wedding photographers, but if you are shooting a wedding, I want you to know that the very first thing that I do is I sync my camera with my second shooter. So this is something that I did not know until I worked with another photographer as our second shooter and they were like, oh, like let's sync our cameras. And I was like, what like sync our what like what do you how do you do that like you mean like our images are synced like I can see your images you can see mine and they're like no like I I I need to sync our times so when I shoot and you shoot like if we're both shooting the first kiss they pop up at the same time in my Lightroom and like all of these different things so basically real time I can see what you're shooting while I'm shooting so I was like, huh, that's actually kind of genius. So basically, it's very, very easy. But all you have to do is go into the menu of your camera and go to, you know, the date and time and whatever on both cameras. (laughs) And this, I'm laughing because it's actually so simple, but it's really something that I didn't know. And then you just go to the same exact time and date, whatever, and then just make sure you press the OK button at the same time. And bada bing, bada boom, your cameras are synced. So if you have a second shooter and you don't sync your cameras, you are going to feel like how, just how hard it is to undo that mistake when you're editing. I've, I've done it before. Obviously I didn't know this right away. And what I would do is I would like drag my second shooters photos like in chunks 
in the areas that they like were supposed to be uh, on my pick time gallery. It, I know that doesn't really make sense, but it was a lot of work. I was spending at least like 30 extra minutes on my galleries. So if you just have your time synced up, you're just saving yourself a big hassle in the long run. Okay, next. So the other thing that I just wanted to say, it's not really a tip, but I literally have never used an ND filter in my entire shooting career. And I genuinely mean that. Um, if this is a mistake for some reason, if I'm supposed to be using ND filters, somebody please DM me, but literally like I've never used an ND filter in my entire life. And I remember like my first like couple months doing photography, someone was like, Oh, like you have to go get an ND filter. Right. And I'm like, a what? Like what? Why? Like I, I genuinely thought that I needed them, but I'm here to tell you I've gone five years without using an ND filter. I'm pretty sure ND filters are mainly for videographers. So if you don't know like what an ND filter is, it basically is kind of like sunglasses for your lens. And the reason that you would need it is because videographers, like they have to shoot at a specific shutter speed to get like the frame rate that they want and like the look that they want to their video. Therefore, and usually it's like really low. It's like one over 160 or, you know, one over 80 or something like that. So your shutter is really wide, which makes your image and your video brighter. Therefore, you literally need sunglasses on your lens if you want to keep your aperture low too, because if you try to do a low ISO and a low aperture, you're still going to get like a really overexposed video. So videographers usually need the ND filter so that they can have a lower aperture. Like that makes sense. So I'm just here to tell you if you feel like you need ND filters as a photographer, I personally don't usually need an ND filter because I can just raise up my shutter speed if it's too bright out and the shutter speed really, it being higher doesn't really affect like anything unless I'm trying to get like that really cool like blurry look to your photos. But yeah, so that's just something that I wanted to mention because I do get questions about ND filters. So another random shooting tip. While you're shooting, I I don't know if every camera has this, so I'm going to put a a little disclaimer on it, but there is like a leveling tool in your camera and you can like see in the viewfinder if your shot is level or not. And if you're like me, like I spend a lot of time straightening my images because I, (laughs) I'm shooting completely crooked all the time, basically. So, um, yeah, this would be really helpful if you struggle with shooting straight. I think it would help a lot with just like post editing obviously like a lot of stuff can be fixed in post but sometimes if your photo is so crooked you end up cropping out certain details that maybe you wanted in the photo so um, this might be something to think about I know Canon has it um, Sony has it so yeah usually using the leveling tool on your camera I definitely think it's a benefit at least having it on so you can at least see whether or not your photos level whether or not you follow it is a different story but I think this could be helpful for a lot of people Another random shooting tip. This kind of also has to go with like, what do you do right away when you get to a wedding? Um, I always shoot on dual SD cards. So that's my first tip. Shooting on two SD cards. You, if you don't have a camera that can do this, it's tricky because a lot of like the crop sensor cameras, so like a Canon Rebel, for example, or even like a Canon 60 Mark II, it doesn't have dual card slots. But essentially when you do do card slots and shoot on two cards, you're able to have an automatic backup of your photos, which is super important just for like 
safety purposes and just, you know, liabilities and stuff like that. So um, this is the first thing that I do when I shoot a wedding. My, my camera is always on the dual card setting just because I have no reason to not shoot on two cards at once. So I, I don't usually have to go and pick this setting, but if I do have a second shooter with me, I'll just make sure that they have two cards in their camera and that I am making sure that they're shooting on two cards. And to kind of flow into my next point, um, I always format all of my cards before a wedding or before a shoot. So if I have like a, let's say a 10 hour wedding day, which is like my longest package, I know I'm probably going to use at least 264 gigabyte SD cards um, uniquely. So with those, I also do automatic backup. So I know I'm probably going to fill up 264s. Um, so what I'll usually do is I'll format 464s, right? Because I have to have dual, I have to shoot on two cards. So I'm going to need four and then I'll do like a 32 gig and I'll just say like, if I end up overshooting for whatever reason, I'll just have a 32 gig ready. So I'll have a 32 gig formatted with another 32 gig because I shoot on dual. So I'll have all of those SD cards formatted and ready to go. It's also good to bring extras just in case like one of your SD cards does go bananas while you're shooting, you know, just have an extra one ready to go and formatted. It's never a bad idea. So, um, yeah, I keep those ready to go in my SD card case. And I think, Another thing that's really helpful, like when you do this, like you're not risking formatting a card that has like other photos on it or, or, you know, some, for some reason you have your cards from the beginning of a wedding day and it's the end of the night and you need an extra card and you accidentally grab one of your cards from the beginning of the wedding day, you format it and then you, you know, start shooting on it that that's like a worst case scenario thing. And if you have all of your cards formatted beforehand and ready to go, you're definitely not going to risk shooting on a card that you already shot on. And this also transitions into another point that I have, but, um, I have actually two SD card cases and I used to not do this. Um, but I'm glad that I do it now. And here's, here's why I do this. So my big SD card case, it's like this gigantic case that holds a bunch of cards that holds like all the cards that I have that are, um, you know, backed up and all the photos have been delivered or whatever. So all of my cards that I'm finished with and they're ready to be formatted to go into this big case. So I know that I can format any card in there and I, I'd be safe, right? Like I'm fine to format it. Then my second SD card case, I keep it as like a you're not touching any of these cards because they're not ready to be formatted yet. So at a wedding day specifically, I have like this case, it's completely empty and I'll put my finished SD cards in there. So when I'm going to grab a new card, I know I can format any card that I'm grabbing because it's not any of the cards that I shot on before. So I just kind of take the extra level of protection. So it's a good way to keep your SD cards organized, um, especially if you're someone like me who, you know, maybe shoots like multiple weddings a weekend or multiple shoots. You want to keep those SD cards as organized as you can, dude. Like th that is going to be the thing that's going to help you <laughs> stay sane. I know if my SD cards aren't organized. I literally I just feel like I I don't know. I I just don't feel as prepared. It makes me a little bit anxious. So have a second SD card case. They're literally like $15 on Amazon, the ones that I have. So yeah, make sure you keep your cards organized. 
So the last tidbit of knowledge that I'm going to share with you for shooting tips, and this is actually a scenario that I ran into recently. So let me tell you about this scenario. So I was shooting a wedding and indoors, a lot of receptions are indoors, right? Um, You know, there's obviously lighting and light bulbs in the place I was shooting. And as I was getting detail shots, I started to notice um, basically these big, long black spots along all of my photos. And they were kind of like bars, like they were like big blacked out sections of my photos, like on the photo. So I was like, oh, that's really weird. And I remember a conversation that I had with someone kind of when I was starting photography about banding in your photos, which basically has to do with the lighting that's in the room and bands can be created on your images and it can, it can ruin your photo. Like once the bands are there, it's really, really hard to get them to go away. So I noticed that there was banding and thankfully it was only detail shots. So I was able to like, you know, figure out what I needed to do to fix this issue. And this actually has happened to me again at like another venue that I shot at this summer. It basically just has to do something with like the light bulb or like the temperature of the light bulbs that they use. I don't know the exact thing. It might be like the Hertz or I don't don't know. Something about the light bulb, whether it's the power or, you know, the color, whatever. Essentially, it gives off like (laughs) I'm going to I'm going to get into a pretty um, <laughs> a pretty detailed lesson on light bulbs. And I don't actually know if this is true. So if you are a light bulb expert, please don't listen to me. But basically light bulbs give off like these, these flashes of light. And it's not like a continuous, um, it's not like a continuous light, like to the visible eye, we can't see the flashes, I think. Um, but like a light basically is flashing so fast. I, If this is not right, literally forget that I'm saying all of this, okay? But basically, because of the light bulb, it can create banding on your images. Therefore, you have to have your camera set to a certain shutter speed in order to get that banding to go away. Typically, it is going to be a multiple of 60. So I think I was shooting at 1 over 125 for my shutter speed, which normally I don't go that low. But literally, I had no other option. I also could use my flash too, which would help with the banding would make the banding go away. So those are two options for getting rid of banding. And this was something that I never knew existed until I was faced with it like during a wedding and it was like a high pressure situation. So I just want to like let you guys know that this is something that exists and it could impact your photos. Um, So, and the reason that you need to have your shutter speed at a certain multiple is because of you, you want to match up your camera's shutter, the opening and closing of your camera shutter with the rate that the light bulb is giving off light. Uh, Because when you're, you see banding, it's because your shutter is like, closing as like the light is opening and it's catching like a little bit of darkness. Very, very confusing. If you want to know more, literally Google or YouTube, like color banding or banding in photos. And I'm sure you could have like an explanation of why this happens, but it's just, it is just something crazy. And I just want you to be prepared for it. So like I said, I shot at one over 125 and it fixed it almost all indoor places that I shoot at don't have this issue, but for whatever reason, it's like every, like maybe twice a year it's happened to me and it just, it's hard. So 
I just want to prepare you for that. And that is my last shooting tip for today's episode. If you guys don't already follow me on Instagram, go over to my Instagram. It's linked in the description of this episode and just hang out, say hi. I do a lot of other educational stuff on there, free content, you know, reels, whatever, lives, stories, all that stuff. Um, yeah, but if you guys made it this far, thank you so much for listening. Um, I would love for you to rate and review the podcast and just let me know how you're liking it. Um, yeah, if you don't though, like literally I'm just happy that you're here and thank you guys again so much for listening to today's episode. I hope that you loved it because I feel like we had some good gems in here. Um, yeah, but I hope everyone has great rest of their day and yeah, that's it. Bye. Expose my mind to clarity Oh, my spirit shudders Capture the moment, oh, keep my sanity No wisdom rushing in So much clearer now Getting a little bit higher If I take, I'm getting good Getting a little bit better I'm climbing to the top Never gonna stop, I'm